This week on the show, our pop culture news, we talk about the video game Stray and fortune cookies. It is August 2022, and you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Brian, and I'm joined, as always, by my two wonderful co-hosts, Linnea. Hello. And Evan. Hi. Hello to you both. This week, uh, let's just hop right into our pop culture news. Should I go first this week? Sure. Rather than asking all the time? Sure. Okay. My news this week, I don't know if you two know this, but there is going to be a huge rocket going up sometime in the next month or so that NASA is going to launch called, called the SLS, Space Launch System. And on top of this huge rocket is going to be a capsule called the Orion, and they're going to shoot it out. It's going to go out and around the moon and then come back to Earth. It's a test run. There's going to be no humans on board. But who is going to be on board? It's Sean the Sheep. It's Sean the Sheep. They're putting a little Sean the Sheep on the Orion capsule. And Sean the Sheep is going to get to go out into space and around the moon. I thought that was... <laughs> is it a real sheep? No, 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 no. There's nothing alive on this. Uh, so I don't know. It, uh, it's either a stuffed sheep or a claymation kind of sheep. I'm not quite sure... The article I read didn't exactly say what the sheep was actually made of. I don't know if it's plasticine or what. But anyway, uh, yeah, if you go to the Ardman website, there's a big article about Sean the Sheep going on the uh, Orion capsule around the moon. So that's my pop culture news of the week. Sean the Sheep going around the moon. Wow. All right, you two, what's up? My news is that there is a new series coming on to Disney+, and this time it's for cars. And it's called Cars on the Road. And it looks like just another one of the, like, the short film series that they've been releasing a lot of lately. And this one's scheduled to release on September 8th. Wow, I hadn't heard of that at all. Is there a trailer? Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll have to look that up. Nice. My pop culture reference for this week is that there were some new trailers and stuff for the newest Pokemon games that are going to be coming out soon. Pokemon Scarlet and then something else because I'm only interested in the Scarlet version so I I don't know the other name. So what's it about? It's kind of like the main Pokemon games where you have to battle eight gym leaders and stuff but this time it's open world and also there are a bunch of other main storylines that you can take. So is this on the Switch then? Yep. Any other platforms or just the Switch? I'm pretty sure it's just the Switch. All right. And when does it come out? I think sometime in 2023. So you got a while to wait yet. Yeah. Okay. Neat. Well, that wraps up our pop culture news for this week. Now, on to the PC game, Stray. Yay. Stray is a third-person cat adventure game by Blue 12 Studio. It released just, uh, oh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, not that long. Mm-hmm. And I know I had mentioned it on the podcast before. We've talked about it a little. I bought it the day it came out, and the kids have played through the whole thing. I've played through maybe half, you guys think? Less than half. Less than half. Less than a half. Okay. So here's our bleeding edge review of the game Stray. So right off the bat, what do you two think about it? Stray is one of the best games that I've played all year, and maybe one of the best games in the last couple years. 
Wow, that's pretty high praise. <laughs> I haven't played that many games, except for Minecraft. Okay. But I really like Stray. The graphics are beautiful, the story is amazing, and the gameplay is very good. For me, it was really fun to play a game that was so much more story-oriented than, like, actually game-oriented. I just like those kinds of games better. Okay, and when you say story-oriented versus game-oriented, what, what do you mean by that? Well, like, I mean, there's obviously, like, a very specific path that you go on, and, like, it's driven a lot by the characters and the story. I feel like if it was more gameplay-oriented, you wouldn't be, like, as pressured to move on to certain things or do certain things. Like, maybe it'd be a lot more open-worlded, which, guess this game is kind of open-worlded, but, like, you have to move on from world to world pretty fast. All right. So maybe for our listeners, why don't we... Just describe a little. What is this game, Stray? What, how would you describe it if you were if you saw some people at the lunch table sitting around like we do? How, what would you tell them? Stray is a game where you play as a cat in a apocalyptic future where every human is dead, and we have robots to replace us. The robot society falls like these two different hierarchy systems, and there are also a bunch of mutant rat head crab creatures that try to murder you. They look kind of like flying chickens to me. The little bugs? Yeah, like, you know, when you see... They're called the... The the Zerks. Zerks, Like, when you see a chicken, like, you're gonna eat it, like, not a live one, but, like, a cooked chicken, like, that's what they look like, and they're just flying through the air. Yeah, they they jump, don't they? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would describe this game as a... maybe a first-person puzzle game... I was trying to describe this game to my friend, but then I realized that this game is a bit of every genre. There's puzzle, there's action, there's shooter, there's story, there's open world. You can't, like, really describe this game. I just describe it as you are a cat in a post-apocalyptic world, and you have to get back out of the weird little place that you've entered. (laughs) And you have to do it as a cat. Mm -hmm. So is this a game for cat lovers? Definitely. And people who don't like cats, because you can play this game and like start thinking that cats are cool. I thought you were about to say because the cat was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and people don't like cats because the cat is probably going to die. Uh, so speaking of dying, can you die in this game? You can. The head crab zerk creatures can totally murder you. But the good thing is you get to start over. You respawn like the game always autosaves right before you get to a point where you can die. The autosaving is a bit annoying because you can't, like, manually save. You just have to keep playing and playing until you see this one cat and then, oh, finally. Really? For me, it just let me leave and then I went back in and it was right where I left it. I haven't talked too much about this yet. So my experience is, yeah, I, I don't like the way this game saves or autosaves because it only does it at certain points and... There were times when I would be playing and then we'd have to go somewhere or it was time for dinner and I hadn't seen one of those save things in a while and I would come back and I would have lost 10-15 minutes of playtime because it, it doesn't save. There's no there's no way to just save it where you are. You have to wait until it autosaves somewhere at some preset point. And I find that one of the drawbacks of the way the game works. For me, it's just autosaved wherever I went. Hmm. I guess you're lucky then. <laughs> When For me, if I, like, knew something was coming up, I just did, like, a major story point, and then I was able to get the autosave. 
most of the time while I was playing this game, I wasn't really focused on the main story. I was more focused on collecting memories, which while you're playing the game, you get like this cute robot companion, but he does not remember anything about his past. So throughout the game, you discover more and more about the robot's past. And like a lot of them are like main story beats, like stuff that you have to figure out in order to continue the story. But there are also a bunch of hidden memories around the world. And I find them really fun to find. So exploration-wise, this game is fun. Yes. So movement as a cat, what do you think about that? I think it works really well. Mm -hmm. I feel like it might be a bit more fun if you can jump by yourself, but also that would be a terrible feature because you could probably glitch out of the map very easily. Yeah, that's happened to me once. I was I was walking along a, a like <laughs> I was walking on a catwalk and it showed me that I could jump and I jumped and suddenly I was behind a vending machine <gasps> and I was in a little square area and I one of the whole walls and back was just gone. There was nothing there and I couldn't go further and then I I could see the back of the vending machine. I couldn't get up or past it, so I had to go back to a save point. <laughs> when the game starts, now, now this game is, is on PC, but it's also on, I think, PlayStation. Yeah. Some of those. And when the game starts, a little message pops up. It says, better with gamepad. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think it would be better with a, a gamepad, like, you know, like a Switch control or your Nintendo or okay. one of those? Wait, so the thing that I dislike about this game the most is the controls on the computer. Like, I found them in the weirdest places, and it was hard because when you're running from the Zerks, you have to control your mouse, you have to control the arrow keys, and you have to control these, like, few keys on the opposite side of your keyboard, and I don't have three hands. Like, I have to frantically move around, and it's hard. Yeah, when the Zerks are chasing you, sometimes they jump at you and then they land on the cat. And you have to shake them off manually by pressing a button. But the button is just, like, underneath all your fingers. The button is so hard to get at. (laughs) Whenever I was playing, I just had my finger hovering over that button. I had to get my fingers in, like, a special configuration every time before there's a chase coming on. Yeah, again, that was one of my gripes or things that I wanted to point out is, is, yeah, when, when you're just walking around exploring, it's fine. But when the Zerks come out and you're doing some chase stuff, you know, you're moving with your WR, you know, whatever. And then the button to shake, to shake the Zerks off is an option key. And you have to sort of use your pinky and you get squish it down and it makes it really hard. And I looked in the game controls and, and again, so here's another thing that I didn't like. There's no ways to change the game controls. Like it, it would be really nice if you could say, oh, make that make that shake be a shift key or make it the W, make it a different key, but you can't change it. And that makes it really hard, I I found. So when you're playing this game, you notice like two different types of areas. For you, Dad, you haven't really seen most of the second one that I'm about to say, but there's specific level paths and then there's also open world areas. The first open world area that you encounter is the slums, which is this robot city. And then you just, like, get to roam around and collect memories and talk to people. But then in, like, the specific areas that you have to follow, you just go down a path, basically. Mm -hmm. Now, which one of them do you like more? Me? Both of you. I think I like both of them equally, really. When you're saying going down the path, are you talking about the ones where you're being chased and attacked by the Zerks all the time? Yeah. 
I like the areas where you can just wander around and, and take your time and look at things. But then again, there, there's parts of that. So, for example, the first time I was in the slums, you're following a, a loosely-based story. You're, you're trying to solve some puzzles and things. But if you solve the main puzzle before you've done everything you wanted, you don't get to go back and do those other things. It just forces you to move on. And I found that kind of annoying. Actually, you can go back. You just like have to also do all the main part again. Well, right. You can go back and reload it, but I didn't want to start over and play a whole nother hour. I did that like four times with the source level, and it gave me a lot of stress. <laughs> What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. Yeah. So this game is arguably a puzzle game. What did you think of the puzzles? Too easy, too hard, just right? Lots of variation. What, what do you think? A lot of the times it was hard for me to solve the puzzles just because I was kind of dumb and I didn't notice the really obvious stuff. Like, there's one point where I was supposed to just jump out of a window, but I spent like a whole half hour in this room trying to figure out how to get out because I didn't realize I could just jump out through the window. That was the same for me. A lot of it was easy, but then one I just entered like this one area and then you were just in this room and you had to solve this puzzle. But like little did I know you actually have to like go into another room to be able to solve the puzzle and I had no idea. So I was just walking around the room trying to move things and figure out what the heck was going on and for like <laughs> 30 minutes <laughs> and I just couldn't figure it out and then I realized, "Oh, there's this thing in the other room." Yeah, there was one puzzle I had that was, it was just, I thought this is taking me way too long and I can't figure out what's going on. And I, and I think a lot of the, a lot of the robots, when they talk to you, if you pay attention to what they're actually saying, like even beyond just the surface level of what they're saying, but what they're really implying, that kind of helps you with some of the puzzles. Mm. I don't want to give anything away, but. Yeah, there's this one puzzle I was stuck on, and I kept thinking, well, why, this should, what do I got to do? You know, I, and then I really sort of thought about what this robot was saying to me, and the you know, light, light bulb went off. Like, oh, okay, now I know what I got to do. <laughs> I found some of the, the Zerk puzzles where you have to go through some mazes and figure out things. Some of those took me a long time to figure out just because I, just the mechanics. Like, for example, you have a little robot friend, and and I didn't realize that you could deploy the robot and then move away from it. <laughs> so there was one puzzle that I I literally I was at the point of thinking, but I'm gonna have to look up the look up how to get around this puzzle because I'm just beating my head against the wall and dying over and over and over and over. And then through happenstance, I noticed, oh, I can 
I can start the robot doing something and then move somewhere else. And, oh, okay, now this suddenly became, I can see how to get through this now. You think that you're in a cutscene in this game, but there are not a lot of cutscenes in this game. Normally, it's just like you see something. If it's something a bit away, then like you see it, they're moving, but then you can't actually like walk up to it in time. So, yeah, you t- you don't realize when something is a cutscene when it's not. What? I don't know. It's hard to describe. <laughs> so there are preset scenes that you see, and it's the screen is kind of letterboxed when you see that thing, and then the screen will widen out, and you're back to controlling the cat again. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. Creepiness of the game. What What do you think about the sort of creepy aspect of this game? The source level. Oh, I love the creepiness. I love things that are just like slightly creepy but not scary. Because I find this game, at some levels, it can be very creepy. Because, you know, it's like a post-apocalyptic world and, you know, people are dead. So it's going to be a bit creepy. But it's never really that scary. Except for, like, when the lyrics are chasing you, which is more just stressful. The game was not that scary for me. And then I just, like, walked in on the sewers level. And we keep talking about it, I feel like. And nobody knows what we mean. But... It just, it haunts me. The first thing that I saw when I got to this one room was, I thought I thought this was going to be a cute cat game. Yeah, I can remember I was watching TV and Evan walked out of the room and was just sort of had this totally blank expression on his face. Something like, I don't believe what I just saw. <laughs> like, trust me, once you get out of the sewers, it's just going to be a breath of relief. It's so weird in there. So far when I've been playing it, I've I found it, a little creepy and a little unsettling in a way. And I compare this game to Mist in a way, and I know I've I've mentioned that before, and I think you two should play that game. Mist is a, a puzzle game that took everyone by storm. Everyone was playing Mist. Uh, but whereas Mist was it was just a pure puzzle game and there was nothing scary or creepy about it. You were just you were you were in this world where there was no one else, but there was nothing creepy about it. It was you were just solving puzzles. This is is a little the same. You're in this world where there's no one else. I mean, there, there's robots and things. But, yeah, it's just that there's trash everywhere and litter and broken down items. And, yeah, it, it just gives this sort of creepy vibe. Also like Monument Valley. You found Monument Valley creepy? I mean, a just bit. <laughs> the fact that everybody is dead. Like, and we don't really know what's going on, but there's obviously dead. There are thousands like, of like, graves. You know, that one well, level? yeah. Well, that I mean, that's the monument of those of those people. I mean, there, there. I'm sure there are people elsewhere. Hopefully, one person, and then everyone else is dead. <laughs> You're reading way more into that. And then there are also some weird block guys. <laughs> anyway, so back to Stray. Is the creepiness a factor? You think in the age that people might want to play this game? What what age do you think this is for? Well, I don't know. I mean, probably, like, five-year-olds wouldn't want to play it. <laughs> but there's, there's nothing too particularly, like, gory or scary. It's just a bit off-putting. So I'd say it's fine for, like, maybe nine to ten-year-olds to play it. I feel like seven-year-olds could play it if the source level didn't exist, but also then, but since it does, I agree with you, ten. And then I think my last question that I had thought of was just replayability. So you've both played it through to the finish. Are you interested in replaying it? Would you replay it in two years from now? Would you never replay it? What What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I'd replay it. I'm thinking of replaying it again and seeing how fast I can beat the game this time. Because there's a special <laughs> achievement for beating the game in two hours. Oh. Two hours? Two know. hours. How is that possible? Wow, you'd have to know exactly where to go each time. I don't think it seems that hard once you know what you're doing. It takes me at least an hour every time we have to do something with evading the Zerks. So, yes on replayability? Yeah. Yes. There are only three different games you can save, correct? Uh-huh. Three save slots. Mm. Which works good for us. We each had a slot we can use. <laughs> I would always look at the slot saves and like it would show, Evan has played three hours, Brian has played one hour, you have played nine hours. <laughs> okay. I felt bad for you because earlier when I progressed farther than any of you, I was three hours in and then Linnea was five hours in and she was just before where I was. <laughs> yeah, you were going through a lot faster than me. <laughs> well, I think everyone plays at different speeds. Like me, I just take my time and I'm looking at everything and just trying to enjoy the ambience or <laughs> creepily enjoy the ambience. <laughs> oh yeah, speaking of ambience, I I listened to the Spotify playlist of Stray for a bit and some of the songs are just really creepy. Oh yeah, I listened to that. Wait, so these are songs from the game or just the authors of the game made a playlist? Songs, no, from, songs the from the game. game. Songs make me think of one other thing I was going to mention. At one point, you're gathering some items. And of course, I've, now I've said songs, so that's probably obvious. But another thing that I find weird about the game is that there's no... How do I say this? Like, you, you turn in songs and they're numbered, but once you turn them in, they're gone. And then I had no idea, well, wait, now how many have I turned in? Have I turned them in them all? You know, like, like, is there an achievement for turning in, turning them all in? And then I, I didn't know what I had done or what I hadn't done, and, and should I keep looking or should I just move on? So I think something needs to be done about that if I were ever to, if I were to have a wish for the game, it'd be that, something like that. Just seeing the songs? Having sort of an inventory checklist, like, okay, mm -hmm. you've turned in this one, this one, this one, and you're still missing this one. Well, actually, behind the song artist, you, you can see, like, how many music sheets you've turned in. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I guess I didn't, like, on a big sheet or something? There's ju they're just, like, pinned to the back wall behind them. Oh, okay. See, I guess I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah, another thing I was going to ask. Is this cat hyper-intelligent? Well, what I've picked up on from the game is that there's a lot of themes of evolution. It's these robots that the humans made who have all evolved into, like, having consciousness and emotions. We don't know how long, thousands of years probably, so... Like, I'm wondering if, like, the cats have evolved, too, and now they're able to... Because the cat in the game is able to understand language to some degree. That, that's sort of what I was wondering, yeah. Although it's still very cat-like. So, mm -hmm. so some of the fun things about this game is, when you're playing as a cat, is that you can scratch things, you can curl up and sleep in places, although there are only preset places that you can do these things. You can rub, against, rub up against robots' legs, and yeah, they'll, that, they'll that like my, that. That was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> you can trip people. <laughs> you can. In, in every, like, open world area, there's just, like, always one robot walking around. And if you, like, walk in front of it, it trips. And then if you sprint at it, the robot just completely falls headfirst mm -hmm. onto the ground. <laughs> Again, I've played a little less than half. You two have made it all the way through. Mm -hmm. Was the ending good? Was it satisfactory? I thought it was really good. It has. It definitely has like something to say about like humanity, or like or like whatever. 
and about like the world like slowly like rehealing itself. All right, and and you, Evan, what do you think? I thought the ending was beautiful and amazing, and in the way that Monument Valley is like a game about saying sorry, I feel like in a way this is a game about like acceptance, maybe like change. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about the game before we move on? I suppose we'll have to give our ratings. So Stray is available for download on Steam. You can play it on Windows. It's thirty bucks. Uh, do you two think it's worth it? For sure. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. If you're if you're a fan of cats, if you're a fan of slightly creepy games, if you're a fan of puzzle games, yeah, this, this game is probably for you. Check it out. All right. So let's rate it. Evan, what do you think? I'm gonna give it. 9.5 out of 10. Wow, great. Linnea? For me, I like the story aspect of the game because for me it felt kind of like watching a movie that I could like play and solve puzzles in. Whenever I play a video game, I always get so much more invested in the characters and the story than actually playing the game. So I really like that about this game, that it had such a clear story. And the only thing I really dislike about it is that the controls are so weird. Which, but I guess it's better with the gamepad. I mean, they did warn us. Yeah, so I'd give it a 9.52. Wow, you both gave it a high marks. All right. So I'm again, I'm only halfway through, so take what I'm saying with Less a grain of salt. Less than halfway. Less than halfway. I've enjoyed the graphics. So far, I'm enjoying the story, the puzzles I'm, I'm liking. The controls I find really bizarre. It seems like they change. Like sometimes you need to press tab, sometimes you need to press E, and it feels like they're interchangeable. When you hit a menu, it's it's hard to find anything. For example, I, as I mentioned, I think you should be able to change what keys do what. This game doesn't let you do that. Story-wise, I'm liking it. I'd give it a 9. But control-wise, I'd probably only give it a, a 5 or less just because <laughs> it's really bizarre. So as a person who's less than halfway through, I'm just going to give it a, a 7 out of 10. And maybe that'll change in the future. So there we go. That is our look at the new game, Stray. So check it out if this sounds interesting to you. Now it's time for... Fortune Cookies! My fortune is speed is poor substitute for accuracy. Mine is your present plans are going to succeed. Mine feels like something got lost in translation. Smile to others, honesty and friendship bring you fortune. What? That's what it says. (laughs) Smile to others, honesty and friendship bring you fortune. It's like saying, smile to others because, like, honesty and friendship will give you fortune. Probably. All right. There we have it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our show this week. My name is Brian. I've been joined by Evan. That's me. And Linnea. That's me. She's on her phone. (laughs) Yeah. Looking at your phone while we're doing the podcast. (laughs) What's up with that? They're texting me. Once again, we have our giveaway running right now. We're leading up to our 100th episode. And on our 100th episode, we will draw a name from anyone who submits their name and tells us their favorite episode. They will receive a box set of The Last Kids on Earth, The Monster Box by Matt Brawlier. Check it out. There's pictures of it on our website. I'll put one on this feed, too. You can enter by emailing us at lunchboxreaction at gmail.com or send us a tweet at lunchboxreact. Just tell us which episode of our past 90-odd episodes is your favorite, and then you'll be entered. And good luck to anyone who enters. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, and we look forward to seeing you all at the lunch table. Goodbye. Goodbye.
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.